listener. Hi and welcome back to Broadsheet Sydney Around Town. I'm Emma Joyce, Broadsheet's Features Editor, and I host this short guide to Sydney. Today, Broadsheet's Grace McKenzie tells us about a new breezy beachside diner that has an ex-Totties chef in the kitchen. It has Mediterranean-style share plates as well as a playful list of cocktails. Before that, we're finding out what makes the savoury pork soup at Chinatown Eatery Gumshara so very special. Broadsheet's Dan Cunningham has visited and he has tips on how to adjust the soup to your liking. One of Sydney's best ramen restaurants closed in August, but it's back in a different location with the same hectic tonkotsu you'll find outside Japan. Dan, you visited the new digs for Gumshara and like it was sad news when the owners said that they were going to close in winter. But can you remind us of that story? Why did it have to shut down after 14 years? For anyone that hasn't been to to Gumshara or the, the old location, it was basically like a little takeaway stand inside the Eating World food court um, in China. Street. Dixon Street, yeah. Kind of had this like legend around it. Basically, you know, if you wanted the, as you said, the most hectic ramen in Sydney, this is kind of where you would go to get it. And it had a huge cult following and it was very like no nonsense. It was like cash only. And it was there for 14 years, but in August, the owner, uh, Mori Higashida, he posted on Instagram that uh, they actually had to leave because the food court was getting demolished. Um, he, didn't, he didn't say why. He just said they were looking for a new space, a bit of a dire situation. So luckily, they did, they did find somewhere very close by. And it turns out that the Eating Well Food Court is going to be like a bit of a re- mixed retail sort of apartment building. So they've moved into a new place and it's it's like around the corner. It's not too far away from their old location. It's not me who's ever said that it's the most hectic ramen though, is it? It's Dan Hong, the chef at Maryvale. Yeah. So Dan Hong has basically been a champion of this place almost since like day one. He, he does a lot of media spots and he's always kind of, you know, commenting on his, you know, favorite places to eat in Sydney. And he's um, he's a Chinatown resident as well. Like he actually lives in Chinatown. Yeah. And so he, he's basically always, always been a huge fan of this place and really kind of put it on the map. And it's sort of, it's been sort of popular ever since. What makes their ramen stand out from everywhere else? It's a tonkotsu soup. So it's like a pork based soup. And as I said before, there's kind of really nothing like it in Sydney. Like you can definitely get tonkotsu, tonkotsu soup everywhere, but this this one is a really kind of unique uh, sort of method that they're using there. It's a, it's a really hardcore method. It's like a traditional method. Yeah, it's traditional. It's funny you can you can sort of make you can make ramen many many ways. Like there's many ways to skin the cat, and you can do it like. You can do it the easy way, which I think a lot of probably a lot of restaurants do. They just kind of just do something that's serviceable and it's 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 still good. But and then there are those real kind of like specialist places that absolutely go to the nth degree. And this um, is what Maury's doing. He's he's gone to the nth degree because he kind of this all started 14 years ago. His soup broth, yeah, had a beginning, and he's been continuously adding to it. Can you explain? He's gone further out than anyone has I think uh, and he he certainly seems to think so he's just like as far as I'm aware there are only maybe 20 other shops in the world that, that do it the way he does and they're all in Japan he sort of believes that he's kind of the only one doing it this way in Sydney when he explained it to me I'd probably say yeah I don't think anybody's you know pushed it that far yeah maybe it sounds they, like a lot of hard work I'd say so much of the the flavor and um 
And and yeah, the kind of the legend that's grown around this shop is has absolutely has to do with it, with the way that he's doing it, which is basically when the shop started 14 years ago before it even opened. Mori and his his master, because because it's all because ramen's one of those things where you have like a there's an, a master apprentice relationship that's quite common in Japan, um, and it was no different for him. Yeah, so he and his master basically created this soup base that has endured today. So they spent a week boiling something to the tune of two to three tons of pork bones from the back leg of the pig, because uh, that's where uh, all the marrow is, or most of it. Yeah, they did this for a whole week, just boiling bones and they created from that a 40 liter soup you can just imagine like how just hectic <laughs> that would have been and it's just like you know so his mate calls and he's just like hey you want to, what are you doing oh uh, you know i'm just making this 40 liter thing from three tons of where does bones. he keep it like where where is i don't know where has this soup lived in the period between having the shop for 14 years and and the new location uh, yeah, so I mean, so it's always been at the at Eating Well Food Court. So basically, they made this forty liter soup to start with, and then essentially just every day since they have been using the same base, kind of like a like a master stock in Chinese cuisine, where it's this thing that's you kind of feed it over time. And so at the end of every day's service, he reserves an amount of it, and then it goes into the into the next days, and then they feed it every day with three hundred kilos of more pork bones. Right. So and specifically those back. The back one. Yeah, yeah. It's hardcore. It's like next level. And it's just, it, there, are, there are probably a few people out there who, who would go to, to those lengths to create something that is a signature. Like it's a singular soup. It's one of a kind. It's one of a kind. So, and you can taste, I believe you can taste that. Like I've eaten a lot of ramen uh, in Sydney and I believe that it, it just doesn't taste like any other. People who don't believe that you have eaten a lot of ramen in Sydney, you do have an Instagram dedicated to all of your love of ramen. Yeah, yeah, that, that that is true. I, I think uh, Gumshire has the it has that recognition. Like people do recognize that this is a pretty a pretty special place, and so you know the prospect of potentially losing it would have been a real shame. Like it would have been just an absolute shame. Oh, um, I'm really glad that he didn't throw away the suit base. He knew that he was going to open another location and decided to keep it and keep it going. Yeah, exactly. The new shop is kind of, uh, it's just literally steps away from the old one, which is great. And um, and he said that staying in Chinatown was, was, was pretty important because when the shop opened, you know, a lot of those customers in the early days were, you know, students. And now those students have grown up, they've had kids. And now those people are kind of like coming in still, you know, once, once a week or once a fortnight and they're bringing their kids with them. You know, he wanted to stay in Chinatown to kind of like cater to that that OG crowd. The shop is like, it's part of the fabric of Chinatown for sure. Um, You've mentioned that the soup is almost as thick as gravy. It definitely. Has that has that textural element to it. How do you take yours? And do you have any tips for people if they're going for the first time and how they might adjust theirs to their liking? I just go for the classic. There's like, you know, there's a, there's a few options there. I add a spicy bomb. You can get like a <laughs> a spicy miso kind of like bomb that you can, and they'll, they'll ask you if you want it on the side or if you want it in the soup. I just get it in the soup. And basically like you can adjust this thing. You don't have to sort of have it as heavy as it's kind of served straight up. There is this station next to the sort of the counter because it's all counter service. So you go, you order, they give you a number, and they like call it out and you just go and collect your collect your ramen from the window and 
there's a station next to the window that's got basically all these con- house-made condiments and uh, sort of like extra trimmings that you can you can add and they're all free. So things like, you know, pickled ginger and there's like a sort of a, like a garlic soy um, kind, of, kind of sauce that you can add there as well. And A fish sauce? Uh, yeah, I think so. There's a whole bunch of stuff. There's actually like quite a bit there that you can really customize uh, with. But there's also uh, like an urn of uh, lighter broth that you can basically essentially like, you know, uh, cut your soup with. Um, so it's not as, as hectic. And also if you feel like the soup, the soup is too salty, you can actually take it back to the counter and they'll, they'll like adjust it for you. So no I mean, that's, that's great service. Yeah. Yeah. So they really do. They really do want to make sure you're having, you know, the best, the best ramen you could possibly have there. So, and again, that's pretty, that's pretty, um, unique in, unto itself. I don't think that's not really kind of the norm. And town. how do they feel about cash nowadays? Uh, they do accept card. It, it's not the food court. The food court was a pretty big part of the the magic, I think, of of Gumshara. But I mean, like, you know, this is the next best thing. It's a, it's a dedicated shop, which which it probably does. Like, I mean, definitely deserves. I think. Is it big enough? I know they have lines out the door some days. Every day. Um, that, that's, that's another part of the, the legend of this place is that it's just perennially busy and, um, it does have a cult following. And when I went to check out the new spot, you know, Maury basically told me like, yeah, you like, there will be a line, um, you know, and I jumped in it, happily jumped in it and, uh, got in there and it was busy like the whole time I was there. And so they do lunch and dinner. I went for lunch. Gumshara is now located at 9 Kimber Lane in Haymarket and it's open every day. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, Emma. There's a new all-day eatery just a short stroll from the beach in Cronulla and it's a place where the menu, which is mostly share plates, complements the ocean views and to help them achieve it, there's an ex-Totties chef in the kitchen. Broadsheet Sydney food and drink editor Grace McKenzie is won over by the simplicity of the Mediterranean style diner and and basically its location. It seems like they've lucked out on exactly where this is. Can you describe it for us? Bobby's is like right on the Esplanade at the south end of Cronulla Beach. If you're sitting up at the window, like you're looking at the waves and people sunbaking. I mean, I think it's always kept that like really laid back, approachable beachy feel, but it's just had like a fresh lick of paint and there's this really nice like burnt red theme kind of throughout, lots of squiggles and artful mirrors and things. So I think it's just been given a nice refresh. Why is it called Bobby's? Is there a story behind that? Yeah, so the owner's father's name is Bobby. When I spoke to him, um, really nice man, Adam, straight talking, classic Aussie bloke. He was like, oh yeah, just loved the name Bobby. Like there's kind of nothing really emotional behind it. And then he did go- He wasn't the cook in the family. He didn't inspire the menu or anything like that. No. But then he did go on to say like my dad got me into hospitality. um, And so it's kind of like an ode to helping him find a career that he has felt so much love for. So, so I guess it is emotional. <laughs> so their Mediterranean menu is the same for lunch and dinner. And as you've said, it's kind of share platey. The chef is the ex-executive chef from Toddy's. And so I would say that it's a really similar style of eating. Lots of small plates that are really like fresh and vibrant. A dish of tomatoes that are just super simple, like letting the tomatoes shine with like a nice vinaigrette. And then that kind of just like carries through the whole menu. So like 
a dish of stracciatella. Lots of complimentary things to like go along with the bread. It feels like it's quite an accessible menu and there's definitely stuff like if you're not really into sharing, there's definitely stuff that you would expect to find. Like there's fish and chips. The restaurant that was there prior was Zimzala and it had been there for years and years. I had a really dedicated local following and they just did super classic like fish and chips and burgers and bowls of pasta. And so they've definitely kept that on the menu, I think, to keep locals happy. But, you know, there's like a, a fish burger and a few different pastas, one that's got zucchini flowers through it, which I think would be delicious and my pick. Is there anything on the menu that you are drawn to the most? I'm really having an anchovies on toast moment, so I would definitely be picking that. And then I firmly believe that fries and like uh, the greens are often the best thing on a menu. So I would be like getting the fries, getting the dressed greens, definitely the stracciatella. There's also like grilled octopus, which I think would just be so nice. The team have kind of designed it. There's like a front room that is semi-separate to the main dining room. Um, It's the same menu throughout. They've kind of kept it approachable so that people can feel free to just come straight off the beach. I was going to say, is it the type of place that I can kind of walk in a bit sandy? Maybe I've got bare feet. Is it that kind of venue? Yeah, definitely. And, you know, have like a a prawn roll and like a glass of champagne or they've got like a a few different spritzes and things. I think it's just going to go off. It's really nice that they've opened right before summer. I spied a Harry Styles inspired spritz on their menu, the watermelon sugar high, which just looks playful and fun. What are the drinks like generally? Um, It kind of stays in that same theme. Everything's like super fresh. You can, you know, have fruity spritzes or um, a bunch of different like Aussie wines, beers. Okay, so there's loads of like salty share plates and we've got some cool spritzes, which sound amazing. Are there any sweets or desserts we should know about? There is a lemon tiramisu, which is looks really interesting. Like Something. a fresh take on the classic. Yeah. And then there's a pavlova as well. Well, you can find Bobby's at 6, the Esplanade in Cronulla, and it's open every day from 7am. And that's all we have time for today. Of course, you can stay up to date with what's happening around Sydney at broadsheet.com.au and at broadsheet underscore Sid on Instagram. Listener Production.